Welcome to Coffee and Converse. I'm Diane and this is a show for lifestyle entrepreneurs, those people building a business to support their life instead of living to build a business. If this is you, stick around for strategies on doing business more efficiently, with more ease and in a way that feels oh so good to you. Today's guest, Kylie Hodges, works with talented, perfectionist entrepreneurs. She helps them bust through anxiety, their uber-high standards, and the people-pleasing, because that's what's holding back the money-making. But let's dive in before my perfectionist takes over and re-records this intro a bajillion times. Hey, Kylie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So let's do a quick intro to you and your business. Great. Well, I'm a business coach, so I help entrepreneurs transform their no mercy perfectionist standards into an energizing, impactful, and profitable business. So basically, I talk about it this way. My program is called the VIP Inner Circle. And so with the VIP process, people learn how to be valuable, imperfect, yet profitable. Oh, <laughs> oh. This, this just got interesting. <laughs> So, <laughs> perfectionism, mm-hmm. let's be honest, it's a little bit of a badge of pride. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I would rather say that I'm a perfectionist than a procrastinator. For sure. So, what other things are we hiding behind that badge of perfectionism? Like, when you say perfectionism, what does it really mean? A lot of times, people think perfectionism just means doing everything perfectly. But... Really, perfectionism is just an illusion, and it's the belief that you must be perfect. So it doesn't have to do with doing at all. All the perfectionism happens inside your noggin. And for some people, procrastination is a symptom of perfectionism. That's how I am. You know, it's the belief that I cannot get started until I know the exact perfect process or the exact right way to go about it. And it results in putting things off until the 11th hour. For some folks, it's a little more common, like the common belief of perfectionism. So it shows up in the form of being very type A, which can appreciate those type A folks. We need them in this world, but also really struggling with control and delegating and tends to be the people who burn out the quickest. They'll burn the midnight oil. They can't let go of the tight grip of whatever the outcome is that they're expecting. So that's like the surface level definition of perfectionism. The root of it all gets buried in this belief that our outcomes are tied to our value and self-worth. Okay, so I believe that I am valuable if I create output. And because my value is tied to that, the better the output, the higher my value. Yes. And that makes me a perfectionist. It's a perfectionism tendency. I'm I'm never someone who's nitpicky with semantics except here because I don't want to label someone. It's just going to make someone feel crummier. And I label myself all the time. So that is a perfectionism moment. But yes, that's the internal subconscious monologue that's happening is that this needs to be perfect for me to be valued. Exactly. And if anyone's hearing this and thinking, oh God, I'm that's me. First of all, it's all of us. And it happens to us. This is 
a result of being a person alive in 2022 for people who I see this a lot with millennials. The the parenting in the 80s and 90s was very like gold star parenting. So like achievement based, you know, my parents were this way. If I got an A on my report cards, I got a good job, a hug, a kiss and maybe a, a present. And so that equates self-worth, value, love to accomplishments. So that's what drives people who are like high achievers, do-gooders to be extremely hard on themselves. It's like a whole rabbit warren kind of thing. Like you've seen the hole at the top and you've gone like, oh no, I'm a perfectionist. Oh no, but secretly you're quite proud to say it. Yes. And then you've dug down and now you're like, oh, there's 17 different burrows under here. Yeah. So how does all of this show up? So we've talked about like it's symptomatically showing up. What are those symptoms in our business? Yeah, very good. Okay. So it looks a lot like shiny object syndrome. So I think I heard you mention this in another episode where you were talking about in the middle of a launch, you phone it in because you're excited about a different idea instead. Classic shiny object syndrome right there. You get an idea. And you just spend a lot of time and energy on it, perfecting it, whatever, without taking a step back and seeing how does this play into the big picture and really just giving yourself firm deadlines about like, when is, when is the C plus product going to arrive and when is it expected to be done? It also looks like toxic indecision. So That can look like, I have a client who was really struggling with this in the form of avoiding hiring a VA. She was at a point where she she was ready to bring on a team member. And it was like how you mentioned earlier that perfectionism is a, a bit of a flex. I think she was really taking pride on, now my business is so busy. I'm just so busy. Even though she was kind of miserable being so busy. It was a new thing for her and releasing the grip of saying, okay, I need to invest a little to really (laughs) keep myself sane and delegate. So she was choosing to be indecisive about it by remaining wishy-washy, not really wanting to commit to when. So that's what I call toxic indecision. It also shows up in sales. But another version of how perfectionism shows up in sales is people are focused on getting the other person on the phone to like them. They're too worried that in the sales conversation, maybe they're not, they don't want to make the other person uncomfortable for the sake of potentially being disliked. So then there's a little bit of people pleasing showing up there. So people-pleasing and perfectionism is probably not something that I've ever, like, put in the same bucket. Mm-hmm. It, the way I see it is it always goes back to you're worried about you and your perception or how you will be perceived by others. Mm-hmm. And that affects how you behave. Right. Okay. So it's coming from kind of the same place. Yeah. People-pleasing is just one of the symptoms of it. Only wanting to release something when it's 100% perfect is another symptom of it. Shiny object syndrome is another symptom, all of the same self-worth moment. Exactly. Yeah. Like 
there's a million, it's sort of like a, a spider web. There's a million different ways you can go. The root of it is always like being focused inward, being concerned about tying your value, your worth as a person to whatever you do, however you be, and then forecasting how you think it will go or should go. Did I lose you? Are you having a <laughs> existential crisis? <laughs> yeah, I'm having like a, where could it be next? Yeah. I'm having these visions of, you know, when the person's in a movie and they're like focused in one direction and the camera's behind them. Yeah. And you know that the minute they turn around, that's where like the monster or the bad dude is. That's what I feel like is happening with me with like, I've been walking forwards looking at perfectionism and all the time it's been quietly stalking me from the back. Yeah. And here's the thing, like, we're never going to be perfectly imperfect. You know, it's this is just part of the human journey of shedding all the stuff that was put on us and is still being put on us. You know, there's a bunch of other reasons why we struggle with perfectionism. I didn't bring those up, but it like TLDR, it's the whole world, you know. So <laughs> it's, it's not like the guy that shadow behind you will ever totally go away. It's about developing a muscle where you know he's behind you. And you're able to just ignore. You notice and you're like, oh, yeah, that shadow of perfectionism behind me. He's been there a while, but we don't talk anymore. Okay, so what do we do then to do that? When somebody says to me, just, you know, put out C plus work. That to me is like, you you know, when you're really angry and you're in an argument and someone goes, just calm down. Yeah, yes, That's I what agree. it feels like to me. It feels exactly the same when someone's like, it's good enough. Like, yes. Oh. Oh. I, I I actually completely agree with that analogy. And I was also talking with a friend about how when you're really upset or stressed and someone says, have you ever tried meditation? It's like, we all know we should be meditating. Okay. I love to meditate. And yet in this moment, I don't want to be told to meditate. So I hear you. The, the first step in unlearning perfectionism, or another way to say it is embracing imperfection, is to develop a practice of curiosity. So for me, that looks like having a lot of post-it notes around my laptop that remind me of certain things. And curiosity is the way to remove yourself from being so married to an outcome. So it also just takes awareness, which like, I can't force that on you. You just have to start practicing and noticing and develop a practice of noticing what your own perfectionism tendencies are. And then when you're able to notice them, get curious around them. For example, procrastination. I notice that I procrastinate a lot. I put myself through misery for a solid X number of time until the webinar is due or whatever. And it seems like that's not helpful. <laughs> so why do seems I do like it? there might be a better way to do this? Exactly. Than crying over my keyboard at one minute to the webinar start time. <laughs> okay, but also I have absolutely done that. <laughs> if anyone listening has cried over their keyboard, you are in good company. So it's it's getting clear on what are your perfectionism tendencies. And then it's all about getting curious in the form of, huh, okay, it seems like I procrastinate these types of projects. What's up with that? So if I'm procrastinating, it could be because I'm so tied up and anxious around what I expect the outcome to be. 
So I would need to ask myself, okay, am I avoiding this because I think that there's supposed to be a perfect way to do this and I'm feeling really anxious about it? I wonder if I didn't know if there was no such thing as a perfect way to do this, what would happen for me? A more obvious example is I won't let myself take a vacation until I hit six figures. So that's a very obvious example of I'm very attached to an outcome and I'm not going to give myself permission to live or be a person until I get there. And the way to practice curiosity around it would be like, okay, so what if I took a vacation now? <laughs> like, how would it be possible? How would it be possible to take a vacation now? How would it be possible that that vacation could get me to six figures faster? I wonder what would happen if I did X and if six figures came my way before I even wanted it. Like it's, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit here, but it's because there's a million different ways you can go here. And, and the, the short of it is you have to first develop an awareness of where perfectionism shows up for you. And then you have to also develop a self-awareness to stop yourself and ask, is this really the, the, the end goal, being attached to an outcome? Like, if you removed an attachment to the outcome, what would happen? Yeah, because I think sometimes, well, actually most of the time, when you talk to people through their, like, shiny object syndrome, a lot of the time the reason they want to latch onto the new idea is they're afraid the old idea is not working. That's where you see that classic launch example. Like it's yeah. day two of your launch. You haven't already hit your launch goals. And rather than going all in on that, you go like, well, this is not working. It's not the like seven figure launch straight out of the gate that I was expecting. So let me latch onto this new squirrel. Yes. And distract myself with the new squirrel and distance myself from this quote unquote failure of a launch, right? Yes. Another symptom right there, like quitting before you even had a chance to win. And the shiny objects or the squirrels are a really good way to take you away from that path of, of winning before you even had a chance to. I'll say one more thing. So let's say you're like, okay, Kylie, whatever. I already know how I'm a perfectionist. Cool. Detach myself from the outcomes. Got it. That's going to take forever to do. Another thing, and this might sound basic to some people, but Another form of embracing imperfection is getting really clear on what are, practically speaking, what is the skill set needed or if there's already a pathway that you know exists to get what you want, are you following that pathway? Because perfectionism tends to talk you out of a lot of things. Like, building a business isn't easy, but like, I would say most business coaches would argue it requires a set of skills. And do you have all those skills? Do you have all of the collateral in place? If not, have you tried? Oh, you have, but why don't you have it? Like, it's, it's what is stopping you from just following the rules. That's sort of the second level 
So how do you then distinguish? So the squirrel, it's like, okay, get curious about like, why am I latching onto this new idea? Why do I think this new idea is better than this other idea? What happens if this idea was going to be a huge success and I just stuck with it versus the other option of like, why am I procrastinating and I'm just sitting here and I'm just kicking back and what am I thinking about the outcome that's making me not want to try for the outcome, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. How do you distinguish that perfectionism of the thing itself is not 100% perfect, whether that's showing up as procrastination or as shiny objects or however it's showing up. I'll use blog posts as an example. I cannot mm. push publish on a blog post. Mm. Right? My, I can talk for days Pushing publish on a blog post is my own personal nightmare. There is a ton of C plus stuff sitting in a directory that could just be published tomorrow if I would let someone else do it, right? How do I get to the point where I distinguish between this is really genuinely not good enough because we don't want to put out shoddy work, whether that's for a client, whether it's our own content or whatever, versus, okay, now I'm just in that perfectionist zone. Yeah. Because they can sound very similar. Yep. Yep. So going back to what I said earlier about having like a specific set of this, it sounds like you you need to make your own personal rubric about what boxes must be checked for something to go out into the world, to be delivered to a client, to make it to a team member. And be really frank, like really just practical about it. What does it need to accomplish? Does the blog post need to have SEO keywords, you know, at least five of them? Great. Do you have them? Cool. Does it need to be a minimum 250 words, no more than 500? Yes. It's a matter of being really upfront with yourself and saying, okay, what is the purpose of creating this thing? And is this, is this version meeting that purpose? The thing that came into my brain was it's almost a job description yeah. for that particular thing. So here is the job description for a blog, and the blog is going to quiet quit after it ticks all the boxes. Very good. And the way it quiet quits is we just push publish, and that's it. It's done it. But it's almost having that up front, because I think once you're in it, and yeah. once perfectionism is already rolling, like it's got momentum, versus if you know that going in, these are the boxes I have to tick. Yeah. This is A plus work. Yep. Very good. Yeah. If that resonates with anyone listening, I would challenge you to make this like a thing on your to-do list today and, you know, set a timer for no more than 10 minutes per job description of whatever you're going to write. But that would be a really interesting way to figure out, okay, For Diane, blog posts cannot get out the door for her. So she'll just spend 10 minutes brain dumping whatever it is she thinks a blog post needs to accomplish for her business or why it even exists. Like, maybe it's not even important for you. Who knows? I mean, it was a lot more important when I didn't have the podcast. Got it. I did the the podcast as as a solution to... Very than good. not being able to get a blog post out the door. Like Very good. self-awareness for the win. Yes, right? major self-awareness for the win. And that's probably what will happen for anybody who does this exercise. You know, a, a classic example is like people get hung up on social media presence. And it's like, is social media actually the main lead generator for you? Or what do you think social media is meant to do for your business? Is it currently doing that? If not, how can we change that? 
So I really like your analogy, though, of creating a job description for something that is so spot on. Yeah. Make a job description for everything that you're hung up on and don't wait until you have to do the thing to make the job description. Set aside time now, procrastinators, I'm talking to you, so that so that when you're in that little bit of a perfectionism spiral, you can just whip out that checklist and say, okay, if I've checked all the boxes here, I guess it means it's time to hit publish. Yeah, and maybe thinking of it as if somebody was writing the blog for you, what would you want them to like what yeah, would like you be SLP. checking mm-hmm. what would you be checking that they had done right i really like the kind of wherever i can put a checklist in a business oh. thing i'm going to i'm going to put a checklist and a spreadsheet and oh, yeah. like you know Oof. crossing I things off checking boxes procrastination. is <laughs> so satisfying even as a procrastinator like sometimes i'll write on my to-do list like write the to-do list and then cross it off and i'm like oh, oh you you have to like so write good. the thing that you've just done as yeah. your starting point on a to-do list because yeah. that's what gets you that momentum right yeah. you have to have it's that like little win. mini mini achievement right. 100% right whatever you can do to get a quick win that's also a momentum thing with perfectionism because perfectionism tends to downplay and ignore accomplishments and this is also for people, anyone who identifies as neurodivergent. So I imagine your listeners know what that means, but like it could be anything, anyone who struggles with anxiety or depression or ADHD, I'm the trifecta there. So it's, it, it, it's really easy to bulldoze over enjoyment, simple pleasures and legitimate achievements. And, and it's easy to downplay those things. So finding a way to, to celebrate and really acknowledge what is a win is very important for momentum. But how do we find the exact right way to celebrate? <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm I kidding. mean, I have an answer. But I have been listening for like the 20 minutes that we've been talking, right? <laughs> but yes, if there is a perfect way, please tell me. There is no perfect way, except you just have to think about like what would feel good right now. Even, and I tend to get caught up with this as a, I used to get a lot of gift cards and I used to hoard them because I would always think like, I need to know the perfect thing to spend them on. But it's like, you know, you're 12 years old and you have a $10 gift card to Best Buy. This is a very (laughs) specific story I'm thinking of when I was 12 years old, standing at Best Buy, trying to figure out what was the perfect CD to buy. These are all things people do not do anymore. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, it's, I think about it because I, I was like in that moment very crippled with like, this is free money. I have to make the most of it. I have to pick the best thing. It's like, you don't know what the, just, it's okay to not know what the best thing is. Whatever you pick is the best thing. And that just takes practice and reminding yourself of that. Oh. Maybe that's what needs to go on everyone's post-its on their computers. Tell us some of your post-its so that people can get some inspiration for their post-its. Well, one of them says you're not a human if you're perfect, because it's actually not human nature to be perfect. Oh, my inner perfectionist is dying a little. She is a robot because she cannot be a living, breathing thing and be perfect. It is not exist. No such thing has ever existed on the planet as a perfect thing. Another one says, you are not serving if you give the kitchen sink. So another one of my tendencies is Mm overgiving and oversharing. In fact, I've been dumping a lot of information on you here. So like 
even then, I might re-listen to this as perfectionist to be like criticizing myself to no end about how I could have delivered this information differently. But I mask over-delivering as a way to get people to like me. I think Mm -hmm. if I give everybody the kitchen sink right away, all the information, they'll like me more. They'll want to work with me. They'll see how smart I am. But again, it's not about me. If I was really here to serve and help other people, I would understand that (laughs) people need to learn in increments. Otherwise, they get overwhelmed. And that's not kind. Mm -hmm. So overwhelming people with the kitchen sink is not a kind thing to do. It's not serving them well. Mm. Those are the two I have up right now. I like both of those. Thank you. I will say, though, that people can re-listen to the podcast (laughs) multiple times. I'm happy to take the downloads as they absorb all this information. And they should. And I have been someone who does that, like, in the early days of business, for sure, when I thought all I had to do was just learn another thing, I would... Then then it would be perfect. Yes, exactly. So I feel like everybody is now self-identifying as a perfectionist. We've hit every possibility so that everybody can now identify yeah, that we it's can in all them. play. <laughs> we're, we're, we're all this at some degree and it's not a competition. Yeah. You don't have to be a more perfect perfectionist than anyone else. Uh-huh. We have talked about a lot of information. Uh-huh. Is there a little something that they can grab from you that is just going to help them spot this in their business and find a, a, a more peaceful way to coexist with perfectionists stalking them from behind? I love the way you worded that. Yes. So when I talked earlier about having a specific set of skills or a rubric or a pathway, I have that. It's a really comprehensive workbook called The Perfectionist Pathway to Profit. You can go to my website, kyliehodges.com slash free, and it is totally yours. And it's basically a breakdown of, okay, these are the different pillars of business as I see it. And these are, it's essentially a checklist. So you're, if you love crossing things off and checking boxes, this will be for you because it'll keep you in line with what needs to get done. And also, there's a really fun little pledge that you take at the beginning, and I encourage everyone to print it out and tape it on their desk. So to finish up, I always ask my guests the same two questions. Mm-hmm. First of all, what is your number one lifestyle boundary for your business? Oh, you know, I've listened to the podcast and hear you ask other people. And I was thinking last night about what the answer to this was. And I didn't really come up with a good answer. (laughs) But a hard no for me is anything that goes against what I value, what I believe in, and how I think it would disrupt my impact or my messaging. And if it would disrupt my own personal well-being. That's really vague. I don't want to say I don't work on nights and weekends because sometimes I do, but I do it if I decide. Like yesterday, I decided to sleep till 1030, which I almost never do, but I was like, I need it. So I moved stuff around on my calendar. So I think the hard no is more of if it's disruptive and I cannot get back whatever I lose from it, And I think it goes against my values as a person and a business owner. It's not very sexy, but it is what it is. No, but I feel like the reason I ask this question is that I think everybody has different boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I think the boundary that's quote unquote sexy and used in marketing is I only work three hours a week. Yeah. I mean, that's just not true for me. 
And sometimes it's the unsexy ones that people really need to hear and go, oh, wow, I do not do that. Yeah. To make them realize that they can put a boundary there. Like that's what, that's why I ask all my guests those questions. I want people to see what those boundaries could be. Okay. (laughs) Finally, what is the worst piece of cookie cutter advice you've been given as an entrepreneur? Okay. One that I got was go all in on Clubhouse. And then years before, do you guys remember uh, Periscope? I was told Periscope was going to be the next hot thing. So I put so much energy into getting big on Periscope. And then that went nowhere. And also Clubhouse. I put what someone was like, you got to get in on Clubhouse now. And I was like, okay, yeah. And so I spent way too much time for the month of March. I think it was last year trying to create a clubhouse that didn't happen. And it's fine. I learned, but I'm not going to listen to that person anymore. This has been fab. Thank you so much. Where can people find you on the socials to come and talk to you about their perfectionist stalker person behind them or their squirrel or their inability to get off the couch because Netflix is on I don't know who that could possibly be. It's not what I have planned all day tomorrow after batch day. Is it procrastination if you plan it? I don't think it is. I think it's relaxation. If it's planned, it's not procrastination. And I absolutely binge Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's my current binging. Yeah. (laughs) Let's do another podcast episode about that. So for people who want to find me, it's my name everywhere. You can find me on Instagram at Kylie Hodges. Um, And I believe by the time this airs, I am launching a YouTube channel. I will be launching tidbits about perfectionism and business and sales and all that juicy stuff. Sometimes it's sexy, but mostly it's pretty unsexy. So you can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Kylie Hodges. Awesome. Wow. Good luck with that launch. Thank you. Thank you so much for diving deep into the rabbit warren that is beneath our surface. Thank you for having me. And I hope that you and everybody else listening feels like they they see a way at the end of the rabbit hole tunnel, that there is a light at the end of it. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave us a review.